All right, listen up, spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, eh? master of time, space, and everything else in between. And, uh, oh, yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. Yeah. You're listening to You Suck with Al and Tom. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to You Suck. I'm Alex Whiteley. And I am Tom Bruno. And thanks for joining us today, guys. Um, it's uh, been a crazy week. There's lots of stuff going on in the world right now. Uh, we understand there's probably a lot of anxieties and a lot of you know, people worrying about things going on in the world. But we are here to guide you through the next hour and a half or so um, to give you a bit of positivity. You know, let's give you guys something else to think about. Um, how have you been, Tom? You've been all right? Good man, good. Fucking been uh, been doing some stuff. Um, I recently am well. Right now, I'm working on selling uh, a few of my comics. That's what I'm doing right now. Ooh, I, what uh, comics you got for sale? Um, Spawn two through seventy five, um, Batman four hundred four through four hundred seven, which is the first uh, Batman year one, uh, Carnage uh, issue one two three, and I'm working with this. Uh, and a couple of ones. And I'm working with this group called sellmycomics.com. Seems like a legit, legitimate operation. They uh I I I'm going with the mindset of like sell the old to support the new, which is like I want a better camera, like not camera like this, but like a camera like a yeah, camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing a lot of review uh research into it and you can get a pretty fantastic camera with interchangeable lenses from Sony for about like 3 to 400. dollars Um it's I've been there. I've been there recently. Six, yeah? Yeah, yeah, did you buy a camera? Yeah, I bought a Sony ZV-1, which is more for vlogging. Um this is what I've been using a lot for the vlogs I've been making for the biscuit and stuff, which is very very mm-hmm. good. Um oh. the quality on it is just unbelievable the only problem is is uh by making a vlog of such high quality which i do uh it takes up a lot of battery yesterday i went to the um the vigil for for ukraine um in shrewsbury which was very nice to see um i took along phil morris who who's been working with the biscuit for a while as like a photographer um he took some amazing bit of visuals but the videos i was taking with that camera were brilliant but i forgot to take a battery so they started doing the the, the speeches and stuff as the ritual come to an end and they were doing the speeches i got one of the good speeches then my battery just died <coughs> yeah so. that'll definitely happen um i mean i i have a i have a pretty good camera like it's a it's an old uh nikon like it does the job but like camera tech, it's it's like at least fifteen years old now, or something like that, if not a little bit older. And it's digital; it doesn't shoot in the proper way that I want. And I I don't like going on vacation with my cell phone. Like I bring it; I'm not like a fucking troglodyte or something. I have a cell phone, Alex. Don't don't mock me. Um, but I, I don't. Mean, like, uh, <laughs> I don't. I won't like having... class you as a Doro phone guy. You know, the big flip phones and big buttons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't dig. Um, I, I don't dig the the separation that happens when you have a cell phone on vacation, right? Like yeah, you know, yeah. you're doing this, you take pictures. You know, the cameras on phones are pretty excellent nowadays, shooting 4K and all that jazz. But like, you know, the moment that you take it, you want to post it, right? You're like, oh, this is a great memory. I want to share it with everybody. And then you're playing on your phone, and before you know it, you're completely 
disassociated from the situation that you're in right this second, which is kind of a problem to me. Like the reason that I go on vacation is to take the time to be with my family that I can't give them all the rest of the year. You know, like there's always like something going on in the background. So um, yeah. I, I don't like having my camera. So I went on to sell my comics place. I posted my comics. Funnily enough, they offered me exactly what I needed for my camera. Wow. Which I was like, I'll take it as a sign. Like, and don't go wrong. Like, they're getting a pretty good fucking deal, if you ask me. Like, you know, they're they're getting like you know like six hundred dollars worth of comics for fucking you know three hundred. But it, it's it's good. Like, I I did not have any other way to support this wanting of a camera. I, you know, me and the wife are trying to keep everything very tight until we <laughs> go on vacation. So fucking is your bottle disappearing? That's it's very impressive. Pain. I, I like what your camera's doing. It's very impressive. <laughs> so and good. and the the funny thing is, if I was to be like, "Hey, honey, I really want a camera," she would make it work. But like a lot of other things would go out the door of like you know being responsible and stuff. So I figured that this was the best way to do it. Was I'm, I'm not touching my comics anymore. I haven't touched them in forever. So I think it's now is the appropriate time to sell them and support something new. Some Amateurville horror shit going on behind you right now. Like we were about to see you get murked by some spirit. The doors cats. open behind you. It's cats. It's yeah, cats. I believe you. Um. So you you saw a movie recently? I did. I did. I saw. I saw the Batman. Which is very lucky. Very lucky. I think it's good. It's like it's exactly what karma is, right? Um. I brought I brought back mm-hmm. on in film and Phil Morris. Um. He, he to the, to the biscuit. He's a very talented guy. Um, and we've been spending a bit of time together. And um, he was like, yo, I've got a, a spare ticket for, for the Batman for tonight. He'd um, he'd organized to go to see the Batman. But then his girlfriend's mom was like, hey, do you want to get together tonight? And he was going to ticket girlfriend yeah. from Canada. He really just wanted to go on a date with you. Just doesn't want to admit it yet, Alex. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, no, he couldn't go because he'd organized to go. But his, his, new, his, his relatively new girlfriend's mom wanted to meet him. So he's kind of like, ah, okay, I won't go. Do you want a ticket? So he gave me a ticket to go and see because I'm broke at the moment. I can't afford I can't afford Wait, the- so so he he bought a ticket for himself or he bought a ticket for his girlfriend. I'm, are the stories both they were gonna go on a date, they were gonna go on a date to go and watch it, but like they had to make other plans because he was gonna see his mom, uh, her mom. You know, meet so the parents, I think. Two tickets or one ticket? He gave me a, a an adult ticket and a student ticket, but I don't know anybody's a student. I don't have student ID, so because I only use the one, so I'll give him the money for it when I get paid. But yeah, I went to go nice. watch it, and it's it is unbelievable. Unbelievable. But I think Unbelievable. I, <laughs> I think I got overwhelmed a bit because I've kind of not been get uh, purposely not getting excited about it. You know? Yeah. yeah. Because I well, nobody is. Get for obvious reasons, like Batfleck, a lot of people kind of liked it, a lot of people didn't like it. This is like the first time since a Nolan movie that I've heard nothing but admiration for a Batman movie. It's 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 when they go dark, really dark. I mean I mean, the the Riddler is just brilliant. It's yeah. a bit like Saw. He goes all Saw. Yeah. Like, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's got cancer. And he'll just like, <laughs> laugh at the camera <laughs> and laugh at the camera. He's fucking nuts. And I love that. It's Paul Dano who does it. And he's a, he's a, he's a, he, may, he plays a great psychopath. He was in, um, he was in, uh, There Will Be Blood. And he was the ah, preacher. Yeah. 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 All right, all right, all right. Um, 
and I, I, did, I did, I did get emotional, and I did a tear did pop in my eye, and I can't mm, tell you sure why until you've seen it, really, because I, I don't want to spoil mm. it. I want you to have that moment too. Um, and there were a couple of <laughs> moments where I was like, "Oh yeah, that's exactly what I needed from a Batman movie." Like Colin Farrell. <laughs> At what point were your pants down? Because I really feel like, "Oh, that's what I needed with a Batman movie." Oh, Batman. Uh, in my mind, or throughout the whole thing, I think I'm throughout the whole movie. The whole thing in my mind, in my mind. Um, so yeah, it's very good. Go and what if you're on the fence about it, uh, and you're doing what I did and purposely not getting excited about it because you've been let down so many times. Uh, go and watch this movie, you'll enjoy it. There's a, there's a particular moment in it I, I can't wait to talk to you about, um, but I can't spoil it. And that is the moment where I, I kind of teared up. I was like, oh, this is exactly what we've wanted for so long. And you know, hats off to Matt Reeves because I feel like it's not an easy job, especially after the hate that. But for the record, Ben Affleck was a good Batman. I enjoyed him as Batman, right? I just think yep. the writing staff and the editing staff at Warner Brothers have got a lot to answer for, um, especially with the Joker. We were talking, we were talking about this uh, on Thorskin uh, this week. This week, and uh, I was talking about this. There was a moment in Suicide Squad where, like, Jared Leto shoots a fucking helicopter down, and it goes down, and he just laughs and he snarls at the camera. Like, I was like, oh, that would have been amazing if we'd seen more of that Joker. And they didn't yeah. like edit the shit out of it and give him like five minutes of airtime. I think that would have been better. But um, yeah, um, this Batman is very good, and and Colin Farrell as as the Penguin is phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. He's an underrated guy. I think he's he's done some great. Some yeah, good he's so underrated. It's like they should put him in more movies. He's only been in like one, right, or something. <laughs> he's a bit like Farrell. Mark Wahlberg, isn't he? He's a bit like he's like he's he's in one thing. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. And then he'll do one performance. You're like, oh. I like his penis too. I've seen it a bunch. He shows it quite a bit. He's, he's got a lot of fur down there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm sorry about the sporadic. I mean, I know this is going to go on like three weeks, but um, there is a point at the like where you might be like, oh, there's no flaws in this week. There's been oh, you suck this week. I haven't been able to release an episode this week because life has been so like 90 mile an hour no time to even think or do, like it's been absolutely nuts because because of the freaking war man it's crazy there's so much there's seriously man it's so much going on that we need to try and get out and support people with um our good friend dr phil gittins we organized an, um, an interview with him talk about how to talk about kids with all this sort of stuff and there's been some of the rallies and that i've been going to um it's, it's been absolutely crazy but yeah we'll catch up don't worry I'm I'm torn about this war. Like, okay, and that and that's not to be said like as if Tom does. You know, it's like I don't mind humans dying. I I think it's horrible and horrendous, and it's you know this is just ridiculous. We should be able to solve our problems a better way than you know bombing the shit out of one another. I'm just kind of torn about this whole well, thing. It's 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 complicated. We uh, we spoke to to, to Kelly Kane. Uh, not Kelly Kane. Kelly Kane's coming on today. We. <laughs> because i was just reading about it. uh we spoke to uh, amanda jones remember from shropshire supports refugees we did a great interview mm. with her and um you know she was she was just like i don't know why these guys can't just meet up in a room and have a dust up i just don't yeah. understand why they can't just like put your dokes up you know and, and have a real good scrap about it you know that's probably what the vikings would have done <laughs> like oh sure. make the square make the square and i'll fight you for it <laughs> um what else have I been doing this week? Um, I watched a documentary called uh, Sons of Sam. Like, it, it's a about true the crime. Serial killer? Well, yeah, actually, it's about him, but like, there's, there's a lot. It's like a four part miniseries. And when you, when you put it on, you're just like, how the fuck are they going to stretch like one dude 
because normally this type of stuff is like unsolved mysteries, right? You get like a different thing every single episode, separating like eight. And you're like, yeah, I can see how they do eight hours of this. How the fuck are they gonna do four hours about one guy that we know everything about? Like, how are they gonna? What are they gonna show me that's new? That's gonna intrigue me. And they did, man. They they really put out the hat. There's a there's this guy um, who's been who like from day one he was a journalist for like IBM magazine or something, but he traded in like his engineering certificates for a journalist badge, and he really started diving deep into the theory that there was more than one killer, and he has a lot of evidence to back it up, like wow. a tremendous amount of evidence to back it up and by the end of the series you're like wow i really think that there was three people involved in this and i don't want to tell you anything in case you bought in case you happen to watch it but it like it like that's something like i don't like conspiracy theories per se like i'm not a big conspiracy theory guy but if you give me conspiracy theory with enough like plain as day evidence not something you have to like stretch the credibility for but i mean like literally like oh did you happen to see this as well or how did you happen to read mm. this? Or did you happen to notice this? That stuff I, I really can sink my teeth into because you're like, wow, that actually fits 100%. And why aren't they um, going after this angle? And what like it's it's very very cool. So if anyone's got like four hours to spare and you're a true crime guy, definitely check out the Sons of Sam. You'll you won't regret it. True crime is is a is a funny one for me because I'm not a big fan of like genuinely I'm not into horror films, violence, these sort of things. But I do watch them, and it's because I'm like, I'm like, okay, we're gonna do this. Let's watch the Nightcrawler. Let's do it, okay? And I watch it, and I be, just get hooked. I want to know every angle about it. You know, the Ted Bundy mm-hmm. stuff is just that that Ted Bundy, the Ted Bundy tapes. Unbelievable! Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Unbelievable! Um, that's, me. that's the today's word is <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Um, okay. it's, it's one of those things um, like I was watching the um, Nazi um, uh, the killer, killing squads um, yeah, because you, you you fucker you knew what you were doing you're like oh World War 2 World War 2 like weeks ago and I was kind of like That's I'm not going to do it I'm not going to do it uh, I did I went down my fucking World War 2 Tom knows how to how to press my buttons he really does um, really anyway so I started watching some of the documentaries and stuff but the, the Nazi killing squad was just horrific like one of the most horrific visual graphic uh, documentaries I've ever seen and I just couldn't start watching you know I just I don't know what it is I think it's the inquisitive nature of human beings isn't it you know you're kind of like oh my god there's someone oh, yeah. can do this to people you know it's weird mm. it's weird but like you know uh, going back to the Batman um what have you, you shown me here? You going back to camera? I'm trying. Oh yeah, I'm just showing you the camera that I'm into. Oh yeah, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. Yeah, I think you got to click on it for me, right? Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. It? All right, that's all good. So this is the camera. It's it's okay. you know, don't get me wrong. Like just there's definitely newer, and I'm gonna aim for a much better price than this 998. I'm aiming for like 300 bucks, but like I found one in my home state that they were selling for four. So I was like, hey, would you take three for it? Things like that. And there's a couple other ones that are just base models. You can take it back now. <laughs> Let me stop sharing. Stop no. it. I'm gonna Stop get it. Bring, bring, my gonna camera. Get to bring you bring you camera. Um I I don't know. I once again I like good pictures. I really do. Well, this and is I this don't one want... I've got is more for videos. I mean, if you look at the pictures that Phil took uh, just yesterday, there's one, one of me doing my thing there. As a... See, that's an excellent that, that, that's my that's camera. camera. That's my camera. That's your there. camera? That's an excellent picture. He, yeah. who what what whose camera took the picture of you? Um I don't know which camera. I think it's a Nikon. But that's our mayor there. Um, that's an excellent camera. And uh, there's one here. So Putin, look at the. I love the darkness of it all. 
<laughs> stop Putin. Stop pooping. I can't stop pooping. Somebody put a uh, stop, stop Putin shooting. And I was like, oh, I mean, come on. Credit stop Putin shooting. So, Fucking. yeah, the camera I've got is, is the, the ZV1. ZV1. All right, yeah, all right. All right. Pretty cool. Can you put up? Can you put up the lens? Oh, so it's a point and click. Yeah, but it's a it's a it's a Zeiss lens, so it's like that's all the lens you need, really. And oh no, no, uh, that that wasn't to like take away from the camera, point and click cameras. No, are, because I was oh, like you, I was like, oh, do I need an inter- interchangeable lens? Do is this is this what I need? And I was looking at. Oh, it took me two months to find out which camera to get, and lots of advice. Um, well, see, the thing is, like, I if if I can't end up getting the camera I want, I'm gonna go with the uh, Sony uh, Mark Three. Um, point and click camera. It has really good reviews, but I'm looking for something that I can get like a slow shutter speed, like a really slow one, so I can take darker pictures, little you know, absorb more of that light and stuff. That's what I'm kind of aiming for because, like, I I like to take pictures all throughout the night, and I think that if I get something that's very print worthy, it'll make me more ambitious to want to like actually you know transfer my photos. That's my biggest like flaw. One of them is Sony. Sony's like, very good at like doing that though. Like the the mm-hmm. linking up with a phone or linking up with a laptop, they're very good. Uh, these, are, I mean, like the ZV One is it's only seven hundred pounds, a lot cheaper than what you got. And these are these are the stills that that's one of the <laughs> that's a selfie that I took with that same camera. And good camera. This, is a, this is a shot of of Shrewsbury. This is like you can see right far in the distance how, how far this this uh, rally went. Um, so yeah, I don't see any masks on. So what's that all? No, about? there's no COVID. Did you not know? Did you not know COVID doesn't COVID's exist gone. anymore? It's gone. What? Oh, COVID's it's, gone? Yeah, it's, it didn't exist. It's just gone. That's it. Like nobody's talking. Whoa, about whoa! They've, rem- they've that's it now. That um, they've removed all the uh, legislations. That's it. No masks. Wow. If it, all if you COVID, is, take some time off all work. Takes that's it. One war and fucking bam, COVID's out the fucking doll. Hey, you talk um, about conspiracy theorists uh, and theories and stuff. Uh, that that's a lot. A lot of conspiracy theorists are saying right now. They're like, well, if COVID was that bad, then why are we still not talking about? It? Why is it only the war? So you know, it's a good question. Um, I uh, I don't know. I I I'm kind of disappointed that the kids still have to rock masks, even though that they we have like tests at our beck and call 24 seven, but they're always, but they still have like masks on 24 seven. It kind of bums me out. I was like, you know, I haven't worn a mask have, in ages. Yeah, no, you, ma- you rebel, you rebel. No, because we don't have to anymore. We've been told we don't have to. So, I mean, I still see them in, in the stores and stuff. They're all the odd, the odd, there's the odd person that doesn't understand how masks work. They think they're well protected with their mask and they're doing the right thing. Well, really about 80% of people in the store aren't wearing them. So really you're wearing it for no reason. <laughs> I like the mask just because, like, if I still go into, like, a really busy section, I like the mask just because, like, I don't like getting colds. And I noticed that the amount of colds I got when I was wearing a mask was was decreased by, like... But, Tom, that's because everybody was wearing a mask because nobody was breathing on each other. You are still breathing in people's shit. I don't know how it uh, works actually with a cold. Not, not true. I still had people spit in my mouth every week, Alex. And <laughs> I'm telling you, it was the mask that kept me safe. <laughs> Um, we are we are at the moment we are waiting for Kelly Kane to come in. Uh, this is a TV guest but uh, arranged interview. Um, and Kelly's is uh, we're going to talk a bit about Reiki Reiki, um, Reiki massage and and just being an all round good person because I feel like at the moment we need a bit of positivity, don't we? Um, and she's a New Yorker, so you know how that goes. Fuck yeah, you, she's from New York. York. Oh God, what must be? Um, my New York people. Did you uh, did you get a chance to listen back to last week's episode? By the way, of 
of this show, Alex, the show, the show that we're doing right now. <laughs> the, Which one was show. that? Because uh, 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 that was with the lady from Dream, Marisa, Marissa. Oh no, I haven't actually yet. I'm really looking forward to it. It's on, it's on my laptop. I've got it here. So because I'm falling so behind on my on my editing tonight, I'm going to literally just edit everything I've got on my laptop. So I'm looking forward to it. Mariah, Mariah, Mariah yeah, Wilson. that's the name. That's the name. Do you enjoy speaking um, to her? Yeah, she's a good time, man. She's a lot of fun. She's she's. I like it when guests are fun, fun, fun. When you're like just having a conversation, you're like, oh, this conversation can go anywhere. It's still gonna be fun. She was one of those people, just full of like really good energy. And we got to do with a friend of the show, fucking Ian the Emoff, and that was a good time. Um, has David heard any of my endings of the shows where I refer to him as rabies? Like, I mean, full fledged. Like, I I it only does, do it does it does give you shit. I mean, when Moose came on, it was like. Um, is it <laughs> David Rabbi? And he said his name properly. He's like, "Oh, fucking hell! You say my name right, not unlike Bruno." He goes, <laughs> "It's fun. I like saying things wrong. It's fun." We do have miss you, you on the tra- weekly show, on the live show. Aww. We do miss you, dear. Um, have you uh, have you seen trailers for uh, the the new Jurassic Park yet? Yeah, but I'm not holding on. I mean, it does look good. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I, so did so did Lost Kingdom via a trailer until I watched it. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Fallen shit? Kingdom, dick. It's I Lost World. It. I, I <laughs> don't credit that film at all. I was like, I was, it was fine. It was dinosaurs. Didn't you watch the newest like Fast and the Furious or something? No, no. no I've, I've, I've watched Fast and Furious since Fast Five. No, when's the last one they were running down the the, the, the runway for like an hour? Oh. I stopped uh, watching after like I've been four. what I have been watching is um The Last Kingdom um on, on Netflix oh, Vikings yeah. and stuff, which is good. Yeah. I, lo- I love I love Bernard Cornwell. Right? I love the Sh- Sharp book series. Um Sean Bean very famously played Sharp in the TV series, and that's based on the Napoleonic Wars. And then Bernard Cornwell sort of stopped writing the Sharp books, literally read them all. There's, he's just released a new one, but I'm saving that. Um and um <laughs> He uh, he started writing about Uhtred. Uh, he was this. Um, he was a, a a Saxon boy that was captured and raised as a, a Viking slave. So he was kind of a Saxon Viking. So he knew be- about both worlds. He was kind of both uh, like a hybrid, and um, it's it's very good, very good. Yep. That's funny. He's like Ariel from fucking from Little Mermaid. He's like fucking. I want to be where the Vikings are. I want to <laughs> sack and pillage some villages. Walking around with what do these call it? Oh yeah, clubs. Oh, I want to. I want to be a Viking. I think they're awesome. Make the square. Oh, yeah. I want to fight you. I'm going to leave your entrails hanging out. Make the square. They're so brilliant. Dude, I, love I am I love so him. sorry to all of our Viking listeners that just got very offended by Alex's horrible. I haven't horrible spoken to many Danish people, so I don't know how they. Are. I mean, apart from what I hear on the TV, I love Danish. It's so delicious. I mean, like the 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 jelly insert and the fucking you the know bacon. There's bacon in Danishes. Um, the Danes are Finnish. Do you not get Danish bacon in America? We do. We have American bacon, Alex. We don't fucking import your fucking wow, bacon. That's, okay, bro. so that is that is like a, a cultural thing. Um, Kelly Kane is backstage right now. Um, if Kelly, if you're ready to come in, just give us a thumbs up and we'll throw you in. We're not live or anything, but yeah, she's, yeah, she's here. Okay, so introducing. Wait. In a world where we need as much positivity um, and heroes of people, um, we've got a, a great example here with the amazing Kelly Kane. How are you, Kelly? How are you? 
Hi, I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. No, very interesting. To, interesting to speak to you. Sorry, Tom. Were you going to yes. say? No, no, I was going to say, now, Kelly, explain to my co-host, um, my partner in crime, why we don't import Danish bacon. Who does that? We were just having a discussion <laughs> about him, them, they they get Danish bacon. I'm like, we're Americans, bro. We got, like, all the bacon we need. We got, like, like supermarkets full of it. Not one of them say Danish on it. I don't know. True story. I have a friend who's from England, and when we went to Las Vegas, she was so excited to find, like, an authentic Irish place to eat. And she was going nuts over that sort of food also. Like she was ridiculously excited. <laughs> it's people in the I food. think I could I could come over to America and open a, we have carveries over here. So you have like you have a Sunday roast. So you have your vegetables and you get and this guy cut he'll cut you a slice of meat and chuck it on your plate, then you go and get as many vegetables as you want, douse it in gravy and have fun. I could I reckon I can make a a, a lot <laughs> in America, open up in a restaurant like that, you know. For the Brits, I'm out sure there. you could. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I cut you off again. Now, see that? Ha! Quick words. Um, <laughs> okay, like, whenever, whenever I read somebody's bio and I catch this one little little thing, I always I always have to mention it first. Uh, me, being a natural born New Yorker, I'm always intrigued. Where are other people from New York? Where are you from, ma'am? I am from Saugerties, New York. Right, so that's that's upstate. That's like real upstate. Everyone, a little bit. Everyone, I'm about an hour and 50 minutes north of New York City. I was from uh, Poughkeepsie. Um, so oh, there like, you go. Yeah, see, so you and me, man, we're in the same boat. Like, people always like, that's upstate. I'm like, well, kind of. I mean, you know, it's, it's, we need to, we need no, to collect all these. No, my idea of upstate is like Binghamton and like all the way up there. That's my idea of upstate. Yeah, like Plattsburgh. <laughs> yes. Um, Buffalo. <laughs> these are the upstate right. New Yorks that we refer to. You know. Right. Alex. Go ahead. You may go now. Uh, no, I was going to say we need to collect all these, all these, uh, these, these little bits where Tom goes. Yeah, I'm from Poughkeepsie, and then people just go, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. Are you okay? Do you, oh do you need a you care package? <laughs> <laughs> I did get out. I, I no wonder you live in Vermont. Um, I'm sorry, Poughkeepsie. Yeah, I've never been there, but that's kind of like you don't. You don't want to go. There's not a lot of great stuff. Like there's, I never once have I ever had someone be like, "Oh, Poughkeepsie, home of the Murnabar." It's always, "Oh, <laughs> sorry," and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess you are." Um, <laughs> so Kelly, um, I, yes. I was I was reading your bio, and um, it, it seems that you like I, I, there was a lot of like um, words in there, kind of like you know, like like uh, angel on earth and things along those. Why were these terms used to describe a person? Don't around like as yourself like don't wrong i can tell just from your positivity that i'm gonna i'm gonna understand very very quickly why that's the case but why would uh why would this be used on um, what do you do exactly that makes you so uh what's the word i'm looking for uh search the b alex bail me out oh, sorry i was typing uh, thanks positive thanks, alex positive <laughs> yeah, sure yeah yeah thanks nice alex. That was the word that yeah, there yeah, yeah. So that's what he's here for. He's here to back me up <laughs> i was working i'm running a studio here well yeah carry on start tom no, no, no. Um, go ahead, Kelly. You, please. So I guess, um, you know, <laughs> when people describe me as being like an earth angel, it's I love humans. I love people. I do this for a living. I'm a reading specialist. I teach children all day long um, for 18 years. And then you put all the work I had before that. I'm that social chameleon. I love to weave and go in between everyone. 
And uh, I'm always so genuine in everything that they're saying. So when you're speaking to me, I'm looking right at you, and I care about everything that you're saying. Uh, non-judgmental, very open. Uh, if I can give you a hug, I'll give you a hug. If I can blow you kisses and you don't care, I will. I just walk around like that um, on the daily. So just my personality right away when you're hanging out with me, I'm tactile, I'm bubbly, I want to hang out with you. And they, they uh, see that. But it's more about the giving that I consistently do. I'm a I'm a hugger as well, full fledged. Like I've I've never been like a hand shaker. I think it's so weird. It's like what a weird <laughs> archaic thing, like the shaking of the hand stuff. It's like, no, give me a hug, man. We'll get nice and close. And it's good. <laughs> it also led to another term that was used for you, which I which I actually very highly sympathize with empath. You 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 um yes. now, did you yes. Now as an empath. What do you think is the worst thing about being an empath? Is it the fact that you always feel like you need to please everybody around you? Or is it the fact that like when you watch a TV show and you see something really embarrassing, you can't help but look away because like, oh, no, I'm, oh, I can't watch this because I feel what you're feeling right now. Which is the worst? Um, I think the trick about being an empath, and I'm a very deep one, there's some intuitive gift locked into there also. Mm -hmm. is to not get so involved in every single case. I'm around a thousand people a day. So if I give all my energy in all of those directions, what's left for me? Not much. And I've had so many traumas that I've gone through that I have to be very careful that I have enough to give you. I'm there for you to help you. But then I have to retreat back and do all the legwork to make sure that you're also not taking on everybody else's mm -hmm. Um burden so heavy that you can't also help yourself and that's hard because i want to help everyone it, i i definitely relate to you with that one because this is this is it. this is me this is how i live my life and I'm, I'm gonna bring up a picture i brought up earlier and this would show you exactly how i sort of operate myself this is at a rally yesterday for ukraine i am recording um speeches i'm watching someone uh, talk about their home ukraine and how, how devastating it is the pain in my face there i'm enjoying being there i'm out and i'm doing things with a biscuit like my other podcast but the pain in my face there because I've, i'm just i'm i'm hurting from what she's saying so it, being an empath is a great thing but it's also very painful because I, you just can't help but feel the pain of others around you yeah. And that's okay. You it's, just have to do the legwork to make sure that you stay in that happy place. You know, you can yeah. be there and you can absorb it and honor it. Um, but then you have to do all those things to get yourself back into the right state of mind. So as it all, as it appears, we all kind of suffer from the same, um, you know, from the same thing. What since me and Alex obviously don't know how to cope with such thing, and you have worked, you know, to make this the way that you are, you know, and be like, hey, I, I still want to be helpful, I still want to be involved, but I know how to take my time and like, you know, really focus on me as well. What kind of recommendations would you give to people like me and Alex that don't have that knowledge yet and don't know how to don't have those tools to kind of like focus on ourselves as much as we probably should? Well, you have to make sure that you're exposing yourself to the right things on a daily basis. You know, we all want to be happy. We all want to stay in that that zone, that feeling. But that's impossible. You know, life has traumas that is dealt to every single person on the planet. It's part of being a human. So when that happens, you have to make sure that you're exposing yourself to the right things. What are you reading? What are you looking at? What are you uh, sitting in for the moment? Um, is there um, a book that you could read? Can you start a new language? Can you go out and do something? You know, I'm such a people person that I've learned that 
if you're such an extrovert, sometimes we just talked about this being empathic. You have to be an introvert at some point or else it's, you're mm-hmm. going to have nothing to give. So it's important to spend that time by yourself. But if you spend too much time by yourself, it could also put you in a negative state of mind also. So it's a balance. Yes, I was going to say balance, perfect balance. It's not always easy to do, especially if you are a complete introvert. And what would you say to someone that you know maybe suffers from social anxiety and can't balance it out? That's where you do the work internally. So when I had the brain injury um, and I was, I couldn't speak, I couldn't use words, I lost handwriting, I couldn't walk, I couldn't hold things, and it was very uncontrolled. And I was in the darkest depression anyone has ever experienced. I lost my personality. I couldn't understand a thing. Um, that really happened. And I had to do neurofeedback to get that back. So while I was in this place of no one could even come close to me and understand, that felt like being a true introvert. You were alone in your own shell and you can think, but you can't, um, you can't express anything. So I started looking at things spiritually and started doing Reiki or listening to calming music, just Reaching out to new people, that's what I did. And, you know, if you, if you can't reach out to person, to pe- multiple people, like I'm a, I'm a social chameleon, I can bounce in anywhere. But mm. if you're not that kind of personality, there's someone online you can connect to. You can listen to them. So you can find those motivational speakers that will speak to you and really hold on to that and keep you in the light. Now, um, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned brain trauma. What do you mind telling us exactly what happened? Like what led to this? Um, because I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I don't mind at all. Okay. Um, I, I was like, oh, no. She, she's <laughs> like, I don't no. want to talk about it at all. No, no I don't. Mind your business, Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I mean, that's the whole point of me being here is, you know, I'm walking proof that is, is if you keep fighting, if you keep believing, you can get if not all of it, some of it back. Most of it I got bought back. But I was hit by a drunk driver in 2014, got a traumatic brain injury. It took me about four years to really pull myself out of that. Uh, I had 14 specialists that I was working with, uh, neuropsychologists, psychologists, um, neurologists. Like The list just goes down, orthopedic surgeon, PTs. And when I was doing all of that, that was when I started weaving in um, – the Reiki and the spiritual healing, going back to church, I found a shaman and I started studying shamanism and I became a Reiki master. I started doing all of these things, thinking outside the box because what they were delivering me was not good enough. They were telling me at that time I was mentally disabled and could quite possibly stay that way. And I was not accepting that. So neuro or neurofeedback, I did that for one and a half years. I did cranial sacral therapy. Neurofeedback is where you go and they put the things on your head and you stare at the computer. Mm. Um, It teaches the brain how to be better balanced and feedback through tiny sensors that stick to your scalp. For me, it's really frustrating too. I'm going to make you laugh. They put it on and this is all you're supposed to do is stare at the screen and watch a movie. But have you ever watched a movie streaming and it bumps like 9 million times and you can't watch the movie? How annoying is that? And you're like, I don't even watch this movie anymore. That's how it works. A bit like so you're watching the screen. (laughs) And if your brain does not cooperate and make the right decisions, it cuts off the movie. So all I was doing was getting these glimpses of like movies, 
Yeah, it was very interesting. <laughs> Kelly, I can't through. tell you very much about your about your scans, but you get very angry when buffering happens. I'll tell you that much for free. Look at this spike right here. <laughs> if you notice, it's way up here, and you're just like, yeah, no kidding. Get better internet, jeez. Because uh, I, I I was so frustrated, and you know, Doctor Zelik would keep telling me, Kelly, calm down. Kelly, calm down. I think my psychologist <laughs> referred to me as a wild black beauty one time. Because right. he told me, it's going to take you four and a half years to really see what you're left with. And I was pacing around and yelling. And and he said, you're like a wild black beauty right now. Settle down. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's pretty, so it wasn't great. just that. When I was trying to recover from that, which I think I'm doing a pretty good job. But there's still pieces left. Um, I have a 504 plan as a teacher also. So you know how students... My job is to teach students with special needs. It actually saved me because it made me constant re constantly reinvent myself. Mm. Um, so that saved me. Yeah. And um, it also taught me how to use what I was teaching them, compensate. Okay, I can no longer do X, Y, and Z. So I now have to figure out another way to survive. So I used mm. all of those tactics. But I do have a special protection also for that at work. So that was another uh, thing in your bio actually was that you've been a, uh, you've been a, spe uh, is a special needs kindergarten teacher or just kindergarten teacher? I don't want to label you the wrong way or say the, say the wrong. Well, I'm a reading specialist. So yes. I do work with, um, kids with 504s, kids mm -hmm. who just need an extra little bit of TLC and I put them back for mm -hmm. a couple of months. Um, but I also work inside the rooms that have multiple people in there and have severe needs. Also, it was a saving grace. I mean, to work with them and really understand the job before I got hit is the reason I can do what I do now. It, mm. it, I mean, that experience saved my life. Fantastic. So at uh, what point in your life were you like, I want to teach kids or were kids always like something you knew you wanted to kind of like, um, like educate the, the young? Did you like what brought upon this, you know, want or need to educate the youth? Well, I always loved school. I mean, even when I was in kindergarten and first grade, I used to line up all my stuffed animals and teach them <laughs> and like correct their papers and throw them back at them and be like, you have to fix it. You know, I was doing that with stuffed animals from a very early age. So I kind of knew I was going to be in there. I didn't know how. I actually started out as a, a voice major. So I thought I was going to teach music. Oh. And then I switched oh. to Spanish. I thought I was going to teach Spanish. And then I switched to... Um, just, uh, education, you know, pre-K six. So I do have mm -hmm. that certification and I was always afraid of teaching reading. That's the funniest thing. I was always afraid of it. I was like, Oh, I'm not going to be good enough. And then I ended up being a reading specialist. Go figure. Mm. And it was the best decision ever, but all these little pieces got me there. Um, I, and I, I think, think that's what bothered me the most. It's really, it's really beautiful, this symbiotic relationship you have with learning yourself to project yourself and teaching others to project themselves, too. It's quite, it's a very nice, it, would you say it's a symbiotic thing? Oh, absolutely. It, it's, it yeah. is the definition of why I survived. When you work around young children, there's no biases. It's pure. It is just constantly pure love. And they're not looking, they don't have all these... Um, traumas that happen that start shaping our minds they're, they're, they're just open you know when i walk down the hall they scream they see me they hug me they kiss my arms and you know 
it is the best place to be. So while I'm going through all these traumas, all I have to do is go to work. And there's, you know, 50 kids running up to me, hugging me from behind. I love you, Miss Kate. Like, it's beautiful. It's, it's the best sensation ever. I, I quickly found that, you know, like prior to COVID, if you're like, oh, teachers, be like, oh, man, teachers are the best. But nothing teaches you appreciation for educators like yourself more so than when you have to put on the big boy pants, big girl pants and try doing yourself. And that's when I learned that I'm just the worst teacher ever. I have no patience. <laughs> I have, we all, like, we no... all learned that during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, God, it was just such a horrible thing. Is that something that really comes along with it? Is patience something you really need to learn? Or do you feel that some people are just born with like the patience like yourself that you can just, you know, push through and get these kids to actually, you know, learn what you're trying to teach them when kids inherently don't want to sit still and learn. They want to do whatever they want to do. Um, I, I have a lot of patience. But that also was a key factor in when I was going through all these traumas because I wasn't just hit by a drunk driver. Then my parents were dying at the same time uh, and they were in and out of the hospital. They died 36 hours apart, actually, in June 14th, 2020 and June 16th, 2020. I had just taken my mom home for home hospice. And on Mm. day 11, we got a phone call that my father fell and slipped and he passed away before my mother. So even wow. though I had that traumatic news, I had to hold her hand and still guide her out. And that was a whole big piece of this spiritual journey for me also. I was trying to heal myself and I was trying to learn Reiki because my mother knew she was dying. She had a lot of health problems and I, I was able to hold her hand. So she was holding my hand, trying to bring me back. And then I had to turn around and hold her hand and, and let her go and guide her out. I'm I'm very sorry for your loss, but I got to say there's something inherently beautiful about those stories. When you hear about a you know a, a relationship that's so strong that when they reach a certain age and one of them passes, that they can't you know live without the other, so they just go pretty shortly after the other one. I, I really feel like that's such a such a beautiful story. I mean, honestly, a horrendous thing because nobody wants to lose anyone, but just you know, it, inherently beautiful. Yeah, that we, you know, it was a very difficult thing to hear and go through. Obviously, becoming an instant orphan like that is shocking for anyone. But I know he would not, he he didn't want to be here without her. That was that, you know, it was just Um, when I had to put my mom in the nursing home, he sat there for so long every day, every day I got phone calls and they're like, either admit him or start mm -hmm. paying for his food. (laughs) So I literally Um, had to write checks so he could eat with my mother every day. Oh man! Wow, he would not leave her. (laughs) My uh, uh, a friend I had growing up, he got in an accident and he was in a wheelchair. Um, the person was drinking. They flipped the car. He went outside the car. Car rolled on top of him. So he was in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, unfortunately. And um, he passed away due to some medical complications. He uh, he had kidney stones, and you know they shut him down. He he died, and his grandmother loved him like like Brad was her world. Like even when he got in the accident, she was coming by every single day, bringing him you know things that makes him happy, banana chips, new movie, whatever it would be, and always just visiting and talking with him. So after she lost Brad, she went in for a very minor surgery. Like this was she was getting something done on her leg. And don't get me wrong, she was an older lady with some health issues, but. Um, she went in, she had a picture of Brad with her when she got the operation and she passed away during a very minor operation. And I really think, uh, you know, it has a lot to do with the fact that she no longer had this, you know, focal point in her life that she could, you know, really kind of 
put all of her energy into and keep her going. So once that was taken away, she just had nothing left. So it's it's along those same kind of lines. And I think that happens to a lot of people. You know, it's the spirit. Right. Their free will is just, yeah. yeah I mean, will yeah. and intent is everything. Oh, absolutely. So that is exactly why I was doing the same thing. My will was stay here for my son. See, mm. so there was a person I was staying here for my son. I was going to do the best that I could for all those kids that I was going to get back. Now, I can't teach what I used to teach. If they put me back up in the higher levels and had me doing Greek and Latin word roots and stories up on the complex part. I mean, I had a brain injury. I don't I mean, I'm doing pretty well regardless. I'd say so. So I am perfectly fine. Thank you. I'm perfectly fine staying down in elementary land where I can dress up. I love putting costumes on. I'm a freak. I love to play nuts. Like, and that could go in other ways, but no, I just, I like costumes. (laughs) (laughs) I went there. I did. Good. A little bit of playfulness there. We're blue blue collar over here. It's all good. No no, no (laughs) fog. I've got I to say though, sideswipe too with that a little bit. See, there's yeah. a lot more to me than what you see here. <laughs> good, good. It should be that way, Alex. Please, no. I was, was going to say, Gray's um, <laughs> 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 laughing now. Um, over the last over the last couple of years, I've been learning a, a lot about about, especially speaking to some of the uh, the, the guests that TV guests but have suggested to us. The stuff I do with the shoes of biscuit, learning about a lot about meditation and mindfulness and. You know, mm. the, the kind of things that you can do to get yourself for a day. I mean, one of my popular things to do is I do suffer from social anxiety, right? And I went to this uh, tea party um, at Charles Darwin's house. It had been closed for decades to the public. It was his birthday. And let's celebrate Charles Darwin's uh, this happened. Anyway, the mayor was there, all the all the high, higher people of society. Was there. I, don't know, I was like, <laughs> 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 I was kind of really starting to panic about it, right? Um, and so my what I do is I have a really cold shower, as cold as it'll go, and I breathe through that, right? And then I slowly, gradually warm it up. And I really do feel like that sort of, sort of resets me a little bit and gets me through the day. But they put me next door, next I sat next to the, the owner of the building's wife, and I, we were sat there chatting for a bit. But, that, you know, that breathing and that trying to get for that cold water, I really do think helps me um is that can you see the connection is that what you what reiki is absolutely yeah i can see the connection yes you know reiki is you know me sending my white light and energy and everything that i own from my own heart to you i mean you've Mm -hmm. there's been a million instances where you stand around a person and you're like i like their energy even if you're not gifted you Mm -hmm. know you know that energy it's there it exists Mm. So when I'm channeling it, um, you know, I've been doing it for a while and this is what I've been working on. Yeah. And I am just a big bubbling heart anyway, so I can really get the white light to go in there. But breathing was so important during all of these traumas that was going on. You know, I would breathe in uh, for three seconds. I would hold for four seconds and out. You've got to breathe out more than you are in because you're really trying to clear the old and clear that stagnant negative energy right on out. Um, I learned that with the shamanism. I learned that with this massage therapy. I learned that with my psychologist who kept saying, sit down and breathe, you wild black beauty. Stop running around the room. You know, so the breathing is important. And also that ties in um, the cranial sacral still point where you hold the back of the neck and there's two pressure points. And all you're doing is holding that and it resets the nervous system. So you chose water which in the spiritual world, water is a very healing element. And they do tell you 
to run your hands underwater for clearing. So mm. even if I was working on someone, I could run my hands underwater with, you know, a spiritual prayer and it does clear. So maybe there's a little bit of spiritual stuff going on in there with that empath side of you. Man. But the still point and the breathing, yes, these are all ways to quickly, and you found out, quickly reset yourself. Mm. It's a, it's and a it's work. It's all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember her name. Oh, my gosh. I spoke to this amazing lady from the Universal God Center in Shrewsbury, and she was talking about the breathing thing. It's a military exercise, isn't it? The uh, and, and okay. breathing out and it kind of resets you if you're feeling angry if you're feeling sad if you're feeling scared especially if you're about to go into battle or if you're feeling anxious yeah it's it's very well practiced and it works it really does work and uh, you know i found out with what doing what i'm doing one of the first worst things i'd like uh, to do is the, is vox box if i stand with a microphone i'm at a festival i'm kind of like yo can i get an interview for the thing if i sidle up to someone I'm like um do you, would, would you want to do a, an interview and they're like they like, what, what? It's like, yo, you want to do an interview with me? Yeah. They'll, they'll be like, yeah, okay, let's do this thing. It's kind of, it's a, it's a you transfer energy from people, don't you? It's an energy exchange, right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, so it's interesting. they even teach the kids to breathe too. They call it social emotional learning. That's very big um, after teaching in the pandemic. Huh. Let's not even get into that because that's a yeah, whole other hour by itself. Woo. Yeah. Learning to teach online to kindergarten kids and having them yeah. focus. Mm-hmm. I feel like I earned it, another degree that I'm not paid for, compensated for, anything of the matter. And but you just have a medal I, I, along with all the other teachers across the world as well. Like, yeah. the, the, honestly, people aren't talking about the, the, the anxieties, the depressions, uh, the, the problems that people, uh, teachers have dealt with mentally over the last two years. They've been through the rigmarole. They've been through it all. You know, closing school, opening school, online learning, offline learning, masks, no masks, sanitize, don't sanitize. It's just an absolute mess. So any teacher out there well, that's we, been through Yeah, this, we, and we were... We were the last ones kind of that just kind of got forgotten about, you know, where everybody was starting to drop masks and everything. We were still being sent home left and right. We were because with kindergartners and those young elementary students, they didn't get vaccinated. And I I don't if you did or did not get vaccinated, it doesn't matter to me. I don't have a decision either way. But COVID was real and it was there. But for the little kids. They all did not have this vaccination. So we were coming in and it was still very contaminated. It's better now. I don't know if yes. you guys are finding the same. Funnily well, enough, Alex is just really talking about uh about mm. Shrewsbury and how they were at the uh they're at the uh, Ukrainian uh, rally and um I was like, Wow, I don't see a single mask. He's like, Oh yeah, they left it all the bands no and all masks. that type of stuff. No masks. Yeah, no masks. No masks. It's it's good though, because I feel like a lot of people are kind of with it. You know, I, I like the idea of getting back to normal. You know, I don't mind the vaccinations personally. I, I find it very strange how well they kind of indoctrinated the kids though, because before I even really had a thought on whether or not I should get my kids vaccinated for COVID yet. All of them are already asking me if they can get vaccinated. They're like, when are we going to get vaccinated? I was like, I don't know yet. Like, I really kind of want to wait it out. Like you guys are still wear a mask. It's not like, you know, we're, we're not doing, they're still doing that in school. So I'm like, maybe when they stop doing that, that's when I would kind of be a little more comfortable giving you a vaccination at that point. But I don't know. It's, it's, I found it very strange how quickly kids were hip to the idea. Like if you think about us, uh, like the first question we always asked as a kid is like, oh, we're not getting a shot, are we? But now kids are like, oh, we're getting a <laughs> shot, right? It's it's a strange thing, right? 
It is scary. I have a 14 year old. I don't know how old your kids are, but he was asking. He was proactive. Eight and seven. So they're still pretty young. Yeah, yeah, they're young. They're young. Oh, you got a handful there. (laughs) I do. I do. Not as much as some people. (laughs) Alex Whaley. Alex Alex loves kids. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like. Kids, kids are so, are so innocent, and you know, to to a certain point, my my seven year old, my youngest, my seven year old, he, he turned to me and he was like, "I don't, I don't want there to be a war, daddy," in the car, and I was like, "How do I, how do I deal with this situation? How do how do I speak to it?" And we 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 did. I, I think we need to get him on New York actually, Tom. But with the biscuit, the shoes with biscuit podcast is the local show I do. Um, I, I got Doctor Phil Gittins on to talk about how we can talk about these things because we're all dealing with this anxiety. We're all scared how do we talk about our kids and not fill them with the fear of god you know what i mean like so um, right. it's, it's it's a difficult situation and i guess as a teacher during covid during this war thing i mean there's been so much trauma over the last five years or so for kids to deal with um so dealing with that plus the traumas that you've been dealing with you've been through the you've been through the rigmarole <laughs> do you know what i mean Oh, wait, we're going to pile on my recent divorce. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Let's do that, too. Let's do that, too. Why not? Let's just, let's just bring that in. Let's do it. Throw it in there. Ugh. Throw it in there. Oh, yeah. And there are so many other things that came in that I don't even – I would hold you up for the entire day. But here's the key. I mean, if you hung out with me and you, we were having drinks somewhere and having a great old time, you wouldn't know that I've been through all of that. Are we doing this? Where are we going? What, which what, what, have you got a recommendation <laughs> for a bar? To. Let's, Let's go. This, Let's do this. I, Let's do this. I, I don't like bars. I, I prefer my house. It's I'm a see. I'm very extrovert. It's very funny. Well, I, I am pretty good. At, I'm. We're gonna go get. Yeah, some I will. Cocktails. Okay, I will Kelly. stay at home. Thank you, Alex. I'll stay at home. <laughs> and I won't do very much. I'll watch documentaries about true crime. It'll be fine. Um, I, I am pretty good about that because I give a lot of my going back to what we're saying like a while ago. Um, I am fairly good about like like the podcast, the podcasting. I've always been like a social butterfly as it is. That's one of the things that Alex kind of picked me out from like all the hunkies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit everywhere. But um, like, so when I'm out doing my job, I'm talking to people 24 seven. I'm like really kind of getting engaged in the stories. But the moment I get home, like I'm very introverted because I don't like want to go anywhere else per se. Like I still go places, but like generally speaking, I'm not like go out to a restaurant guy. I'm like, you know, that that type of stuff at all so i feel like that is very important to kind of like you know retain some of that energy because you know like you were saying you know so poignantly earlier kelly it's if you if you give it all what let what do you have left for yourself and if you don't have anything left for yourself how are you supposed to how are you supposed to deal with the the smallest of things that come up be like i've already given out all my energy this week thank you i can't deal with this one <laughs> gas prices <Right. laughs> <laughs> By the way, Alex, what's your gas up to right now? We're, we're oh, it's, go, it's, it, it's going up here as well. It's going up yeah. here as well. Yeah. It's, what's 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 the highest gas price right now? Um, I did see it's like one pound seventy, which I'll I'll, I'll do the uh, hold on. Yeah, translation. I don't understand that pound sterling. <laughs> it's confusing. Um, um, yeah. No, um, I pay a lot in gas. Yeah, yeah, dude, gas expensive. I drive two hours a day just to be able to teach, so I pay oh, for gas. Really? <laughs> yeah. You drive two hours? Yes. Is that like traffic drive, or is that like like you That's, drive like? It's really like back road country. All right, now you speak my language. <laughs> it's two twenty five. Yeah. That's two twenty five dollars. It's two dollars and twenty. Why is your gas so cheap? I know what? we're paying over three something up here. Yeah, it's like three fifty, three forty. 
It's like 406 or something at the highest point up here. Oh. What is that all about? Why are you getting such cheap gas? Well, to be fair, you guys, you guys are like, we're going to drive for like eight hours down a straight low line. Yeah. Like, we're just, we're, we're, so we're our, up for 40 minutes. Like, <laughs> so our gas should be cheaper. We use more of it, Alex. What the, what's this all about? Um, True. Oh. So, Kelly, um, you've been for this, this incredible journey. Uh, of having these your gifts taken away from you and having to work back to get them, um, and not only that, you found you seem to found like a, you've been able to center yourself, which is this, which is really a, a gift. Um, how you. are you going to try and help other people sort of learn from your experiences? Oh, I had to have the universe give me a lot of signs and a lot of feet on my behind to come out and talk because, you know, I'm I'm sharing briefly what I've been through, but I. I started to write a chapter about a book that's on pause. Somebody asked me to do a chapter. I wrote it mm-hmm. and I turned it in and it's kind of, in, it, it's in still just waiting to see what's happening with that. But I've been nudged to write a book in its entirety because the dark places that I went, they're dark to the point where when I wrote it, it was so hard to continue that I had to go away for three months. And when I came back, you know, a little bit of the luxury sometimes is with a brain injury, if it's really traumatic, I, you know, PT, living with PTSD, you just cut it. Like you erase it, you walk, you're done. I've learned. Leave it behind because you can't carry everything with you. So, uh, but when I sat back down to reread and try and add more, I would be in just as much shock as I was the first time when I wrote it. So it's this duck and weave approach of trying to tell people what actually happened. And it's a lot... I felt like people were going to judge me. I don't want people to look at me and be like, oh, she went through that and can't look mm-hmm. at me for who I really became now. So I had to get rid of that. I had to get out of my own way. And I only recently started doing that. I can't lie. It was really just after the pandemic ended, my parents died. I got a divorce. I mean, really, I, I was thinking there's not much more that can happen, right? Like I've already been through more than five people's lifetimes of traumas and then i will go there as soon as you say no more can happen right and i'm in the hot tub Mm. right before thanksgiving and i'm coming into the kitchen i'm like yeah i had some me time recharging and i look down and there's my cat on the floor gasping for air and i don't know what happened and I'm, i'm holding him him and I'm trying to be a vet, which I failed. He died in my arms, taking his last little breath, looking at me. And I went from zero to a hundred and just collapsed on the floor. And it was the loudest I had cried more than when I lost my parents, more than when I had the injury, more than because it was just like that last straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And that was really hard to come out of. So it's, it's always animals that bring out bringing it all out because they're, they're just so innocent of creatures, you know, like, I mean, they, they count on us for everything. We feed them, we house them, you know, we clean up their poop. They're like never ending babies. So it's, 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 it's just this thing about having pets die. That's so much more inherently sad than just people, which don't worry. It's very, very sad. Losing a loved one is, is like the saddest thing you can do. But like our cat, like uh, we have this cat that we rescued, so long ago um when me and my wife first got together when we were first dating at our first apartment 
And uh, a couple of summers ago, my wife decided she's like, it's, I think it's about time to get her fixed because she was still doing that going into heat thing every month and like try <laughs> sleeping with a cat going, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's not the thing to do. So like we got pretty tired of us. So my wife, you know, decided like, hey, let's get her fixed in her old age. My cat, she's special in a lot of ways. Like her eyes don't become <laughs> slit. Like, no, seriously, like she thinks she's a dog. One. Two, her eyes don't go into full slits. They're always circles. Like, so there's something going on there. But you know, they're cats. It's it, it, she's still she's still cute. She still loves to cuddle and stuff. But like, so she she went through the surgery and she doesn't deal well with stressful situations. When we took her in from the outside, she was a she was a street cat and she hid underneath our bed for like a year or something. Like she oh, never came out. A long time, we, we, dude. It was a long fucking time. And then when we moved, she hid in the closet <laughs> for a year. She was she was not about it. So like slowly but steadily, she started coming out and like being like, "Hey, what's going on here? Like, is everything okay?" And then she get pet. And she'd be like, "All right, that's cool. I'm back under the couch and all that stuff." So um, she. she already, <laughs> she was super introvert, so she already has these type of issues. And then we bring her to the vet to get fixed. Uh, she gets fixed. She goes through this trauma, and then her response to that is, "I need to bolt." Like, like okay. So if I was to leave the door open right now, like uh, we have a mud room that leads out to the, our porch, which leads out to the woods. If I leave that door open, the other two cats are like, "Oh fuck, a jailbreak!" Pew, out they go. This cat will stick her head out the thing, like, "No, I'm cool. I'm cool. I don't. I don't want to go out there. I, I remember the outside now. Horrible it is." And she'll take her ass right back inside but like this time because she went through this trauma her response was i must get away from the scenario as quickly as possible and she was gone we thought like we don't know what this cat is like she must have had some really bad stuff going on where you know cats like to kind of go away when that type of stuff is going on and fortunately my dog found her like he found she's still alive she's like she's still in the other room um but like uh my dog good. found her outside yeah yeah this is good stuff at the end but we had to bring her okay, back good. to the vet we had to like you know get um infusion because she was really dehydrated and i just remember that whole night before we got her back to the vet like just being so upset that you know this cat who was already like two legs out the fucking door already was <laughs> was passing away from me like i was just sitting there and like my my wife had people over at the house and stuff and i spent the entire time laying on my belly staring at her. i'm like you okay like you want some water cat and like just really focusing on the whole thing so i really feel you on that it's, it's just so weird how animals can bring that out of you it's, it's, it's uh, I don't have I don't really have pets. I have like fish, but like as we, I, I, <laughs> I, got, I got so I live in an stuff. apartment, right? I can't, I, I can't have a dog in an apartment or a cat. Um, but no, um, if I'd have spent like uh, hundreds of dollars trying to fix a cat and it ran off, I'd be like, hey, <laughs> I you. Fix you. come back and love me. <laughs> well, I had two 100 pound dogs, and during the Jesus. divorce, they were like split. Yeah, yeah. I had three cats and two 100 pound dogs. What dogs were they? And uh, they're split yeah. custody dogs now. <laughs> oh, oh, no. But they get two Christmases. That's all that matters. It's, it's <laughs> they get two Christmases. What, what um, kind of dogs? One of them they? is a Great Pyrenees lab mix, and one of them is a um, Australian Shepherd, German Shepherd mix. Ooh, Ooh. very nice. Yeah, they're want- very attractive dogs. And I got the first dog off of angeldogs.com. Oh, I wanted a, I wanted a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted a wolf hybrid dog for the longest time. They have a, they have a place down the road for me that actually breeds them. But I found out because one, my dog, uh, my dog's name is Taz and he is not like other dogs. He's got little dog syndrome so bad. And he's so emotional. Like this, this animal 
gets up in my bed, every, which is fine. Like, I, I love the love. I, I'm sitting here and be like, oh, this dog loves me too much. But my dog loves me. He's my guy. And, like, he crawls up, like, as soon as my wife hops out. But he's like, oh, cool, it's dad time. And he hops up, puts his paws on me no matter what time it is. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, you awake? You ready to do this? We, we're like, I'm, I'm here. I want you to scratch me. Um, but so I wanted to get another dog to keep this emotional, you know, bastard away from me all the time. I'm like, here, have a friend. And I was looking into a, a wolf hybrid dog, but when I was speaking to the lady, she's like, so we'd have to come out and do an in-house investigation. I'm like, for yes. drugs? Like, what are you talking about no. right now? And she's like, no, like these dogs are like escape artists. Like you need to be a hundred percent aware and prepared for the fact that these dogs are going to like like try you to the bone to break out of your house and break out of your enclosure that we need to make sure that you have everything in place to care for this dog and i was like wow there's like i got my dog for a 100 bucks and these dogs are very very expensive mind you and i'm like i'm like so not only do i have to pay you an ungodly sum of money for this wolf hybrid dog but then you're gonna come and judge me for my housing and how i'm gonna keep it this seems like way too much work well, you live in the woods anyway, so I mean, it's true. It's true. Well, there's <laughs> no halfway here. home, you know. There's, there's no wolves here, which is weird because, like, um, if you were to, Ooh. like, I mean, like a hundred years ago, there's wolves. We <laughs> we're going through this whole thing right now where they're trying to convince people that we have cougars in Vermont because there's apparently. I'm not sure cougars. you do. Oh, sure we got so many cougars, bro. So many. Um, uh, sorry, that was really immature of me. Really immature. Yeah, me. it really was, Alex. Well, I like I like how I needed the thirty second delay. See, that was part of it. Like I had to repeat <laughs> yes. it in my head and yeah, yeah, like thirty yeah. seconds later. That's part of special. Kelly. They've just put <laughs> they've just put beavers in back into the Shropshire Wildlife, which is what. Yeah, why? Because we did have beavers, but they were like hunted into extinction. So they were yeah. like, "Yeah, have more beavers." So they chucked them into Shropshire Wildlife. And just like, Let's see what happens. <laughs> they just, they're just pitching them over the fence. They're like, "Here, there's another beaver. There's another so beaver." We do have oh beavers God. in the Shropshire Wildlife right now, which is crazy. And um, what I wanted to talk to you about, Kelly, is about is about healing. It was about helping people work through trauma and and doing what you what you've been learning to do. Um, do you think it helps? That you've been through such a shit time to be able to help others, or do you have to be completely impartial? No, I, I definitely think it helps that I've been through such a shit time. Like, it definitely yeah. helps. Yeah. I mean, because, and that's part of the whole flexibility, which is it, we're, weird how the universe works. Because if I didn't have all of those different types of traumas, um, you know, I'm talking, I could talk to you, Alex, for an hour and maybe you and I have the same trauma and I can offer advice on that, but I could talk to Tom and maybe his trauma is completely different and I can still relate because yeah, I also went through that as well. And here's what I did during that time. So I mm. definitely give different advice to people so much so that uh, I'm so involved on the spiritual world uh, that I'm friends with very powerful mediums who are in service and whatever my connection is pretty strong on that side too so when my friends will call me and they'll say you know what i'm feeling like i want to talk to somebody who do you think i should talk to and i have about six people that i work with around whatever and i will say tell me your story what are you looking for and then i can tell them the right person to go to um a person that i recently met called me a connector that's what he called me a connector so I like thought, a, oh, that kind of fits. 
you're like a medium dealer of sorts. You're like, oh, I got the guy. A medium um, dealer. Because I, I, I have it too, but I don't want to use it that way. I don't. See, it's it's so funny because like when you said I have people I can point you in the direction of, I thought you were talking about spirit people. I'm like, is she talking about she's got like close like ties to Einstein and stuff? She's like, I know just no, the guy. Here no, is here's way. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Talk to him. He'll teach you how to save a penny or something. I'm like, what? That's awesome. Because no. like I know no, if no, I no. had strengths like that, the only ghost I'd be able to pull up would be like really an important ones be like here's the ghost of like Walt Whitman and be like Walt Whitman I don't want to talk to Walt Whitman I don't want to talk to Edgar Allan Poe yeah. <laughs> like, I'd have such a no. lame roster of ghosts on my side Alex if you could no, talk I mean, to like ghost mediums yeah. that I am friends with no Yay! so they, you know like Tracy I, I got that Clooney, <laughs> Karen Roberts yeah. and you know oh, Cosmic wow. Divine I'm, I'm actually another person that I chat with a lot is and I'm going to do it I'm going to name drop I'm doing it I'm doing it Patty and I agree name from uh, Ghost Adventures that's a pal of mine too she's been a she's been a saving grace for me poor thing speaking my of, little text that Speaking of yeah, ghosts, I just I just really saw that they're bringing back the original Ghost Hunters uh, taps, like they're hyping yes. that on Dis- on uh, Discovery. Which I was telling the wife because when that show first came out, me and the wife loved Ghost Hunters. We were like, "Oh, this is awesome!" I know. Like the moment they're like, "We're bringing back the old crew," I was like, "Oh, I'll totally watch that with the wife." Like I, I mean, like my beliefs are different Absolutely. nowadays, but I, I the entertainment value is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, um, I, I had a, a really cool teacher. I got to meet a really cool medium, uh, back in the day, a really famous one, actually, because I'm going to name drop as well. Kelly, you're not the only one. Um, my <laughs> teacher, John Kuhn, uh, he actually knew on a very personal level, level, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren. And he had them come to the oh. school multiple times. Oh, yeah. They have Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, famous for mm-hmm. like you know, the horror case. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. really cool people. And she was like, sometimes you hear that about people like, oh, they're medium. And you're like, oh, OK. And you, you know, they give off the same vibes everybody else does. Being around Lorraine Warren was like this completely different thing. Like when you shake her hand, you're just like, whoa, you're giving off like this like- energy. Like a shock, uh, that, right? It's like a yeah, shock. Like a shock. Exactly. Through. It's a very good way to put it. Mm-hmm. It is like a shock. You're just like, whoa. Like, it is. Hey, like, are you, are you like nine volts or something? What's going on here? Like, what's the deal? There's a person that very, when very I cool. stand around them, I get, I get dizzy and I don't usually get that. So Ooh. yeah, it, it's, it, it's true. Not dizzy. Like. Well, I actually don't know what it is, to be honest with you. But I get I, I yeah. get that one around Charlie Adlard. Yes, you uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Adlard, uh, the amazing man that drew The Walking Dead for many many years, is one of Alex's hero and a local to uh, to his town. So, like, whenever it's just so funny, it's like an ongoing joke because now, like, at first it was just Alex was just a random guy. Now that him and Charlie are on this very similar level, Alex has really, you know, made himself known in the community. He's everyone thinks of him as like the guy that really has his finger on the pulse. So now they're on like a similar, you know, uh, level, and he still gets all like, "Oh, it's Charlie Adler." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, you, you, <laughs> I was you with know him, him. Just last week. I was, <laughs> I, was I was. I was a thing because uh, Shane, Shane Shepsey ran uh, runs a drink and draw thing for Comic Salopia. So you. You turn up at this restaurant, you you, you you pay admission, and you sit and you draw, and he gets famous people to come in. And one of them was Charlie Adlard, and me and Charlie know each other quite well. And he comes and sits on all the tables, right? I took my seven-year-old, Timmy, and he got to sit and watch Timmy doing his artwork. And, like, every time, like, Charlie would look up for a conversation, I'd just be like, hey. <laughs> 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 oh, hey, Charlie. Oh, that's really fantastic. 
I gotta say, um, <laughs> Kelly, have you ever done like a like a sip and paint or anything? My wife dragged me to a puff and paint one time, which is a similar thing, just with cannabis instead of uh, instead of uh, drinking. <laughs> the most um, Tom Bruno thing great. ever. Well, it's it's true. Oh, come on, guys, let's not act like it's not legal in most states. But anyways, so like we went to this puff and paint, and it's a really good way to like get your guard down to like really let yourself be vulnerable and do something that you wouldn't normally do. I'm not a painting guy. I'm not artistic like that. But, you know, putting the right setting, you know, with a bunch of people that are all, you know, not too great at it. It was, it was a lot of fun. You ever do any of those? Absolutely. Um, I can paint a little bit. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> I mean, when I was, I drew a dog on the board for the kids the other day and they were like, you're so amazing. <laughs> That's why I love my job. I don't have to do much for them to tell me Excellent. I'm a superstar. So it feels really good. Um, yeah, the yeah. one kid so, in the but, back but when I like, go crap there, dog. And you're like, what? Who yeah. said that? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. If I were at a sip and paint with my, the dog that I just drew, I don't think I would get any accolades. However, when I'm at work, oh, they're like, yeah. oh, my, you're amazing. And I'm like, yes, that is great. I, was very fair. I, I, I put a lot of time into drawing my pint. They were like, a realistic. <laughs> oh, right. So I was drawing my pint, right? I wish I had it. I think I've got it somewhere. And I was like, you, this <laughs> is amazing. If this, Because what the idea was, Charlie would pick one, one, and they would win one of Charlie Adlar's drawings, right? That was the price, right? So he didn't pick my pint. And I was like, Charlie, that's not acceptable, my friend. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know you're the great empowerment yeah, Charlie Adlar, but that's anymore, a very good huh? drawing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, listen, you were going to get the drawing, Alex, but I saw that look you gave me whenever I looked up yes. the sun's drawing, <laughs> and I couldn't possibly give that to you. It's creepy. It's, um, you were giving him creepy, sexy vibes, so he said yeah. never mind. <laughs> gives me those type of vibes all the time. I love them, though. It's just sexy it's so creepy um we spoke to uh peter bedard a few uh, wow, what 18 months ago a long time, a long time i ago. love peter he's, he's amazing um yeah. convergence healing make sure you check out the website his website convergencehealing.com great guy and obviously a found dancer his life got destroyed his body got destroyed but through through self-healing and through through you know um his own will he, he became better and he's, he's now helping people from around the world. And he, he, he moved us a bit, didn't he, Tom? He, we definitely oh, learned yeah. a lot from him. Oh yeah. Um, meeting Peter is how I got to you guys. Oh, oh really? All right. All right. You mentioned us today. Yeah. Alex, you mentioned us, did he? I love that. I like that. Thank well, you, Peter. Thank you. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, in a, a roundabout way, he got me there. I actually was working with Patty Negri online, and then mm. through the network that she has, I met Peter, and I took two two of his classes, maybe three. And he he was looking for an additional author for his book. He's the one that's on hold, so he has my stuff. So I do talk oh. back and forth with Peter often, and have talked to him about my traumas. Matter of fact, when I kind of dip back in. In September, October-ish, he was one of the people that called me, and we worked through my stuff together to get back on track. So, yeah, mm -hmm. he's a definite empathic healer, too. You, all you guys with TV Esper, we get some of the most incredible interviews. Like me, me and Alex, we we generally aim to talk to everybody. That's like the concept of the show is we want to hear everybody's story. And it seems when we schedule people, we tend to go for like, you know, the same kind of thing. It's always somebody that's a writer, somebody that's like a movie person, somebody that's, you know, involved in, in something that we're really familiar with. It's always TV guest, that really pushes our, 
our uh, comfort level when it comes to interviews. And we we love these interviews the best. Um, who was the doctor that we interviewed, Alex? Um, Joanna uh, Joanna Dot Massey. Oh God, that was so much fun because she's yes, on, you guys were talking like about Doctor J. <laughs> yeah, she is so much fun, much like yourself, Kelly. Where it's like, you know, we don't have the same experiences that you, you do by any stretch of the imagination. We are not you; you are not us. But these conversations are always the most meaningful because we get to see your side of everything, and it's just so much yes, fun. Like yes. in in the interviews, like uh, we did, uh, we did this event that Alex put together called Pod Aid, where we raised money for one of his local charities, which is Lincoln Davis. It was the, it was twenty four hour podcasting. And we had, um, we had, uh, what's her face? Oh my goodness gracious! I'm spacing. Who's the lady that runs TV Guestport? Laura. Oh, Jackie, Laura. Go- oh, Jackie Jordan. Jackie, Jackie Jordan. Jordan. That's the girl. So we had Jackie. So Jackie, Jackie came on, and she was like, you know, doing this hectic schedule, but she took time out for us because it was for a good cause. She's like, she calls from a bar, and it was the first time we've ever <laughs> yes! done a podcast where somebody <laughs> on the other side was like at a live bar with music and shit. And we're They're like, playing pool in the background. It was quite they were playing pool in the background. She's like, hold my shot. I got quarters on the. <laughs> table we're like do you, you want to go she's like no 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 i got this i can do i'm multitask boys it's, like, All it's, right, you are oh my god Jordan. i love her like <laughs> it's understanding culture from either side of the, the, the planet and when i say yeah. that it's not just all about star wars and batman and marvelous it's, it's not it's, it's about not? The intricate sides it is a little bit but like, <laughs> it's about the intricate sides of society how do we heal how do we cook um, we spoke to uh, Jesse Iwuji last week. There he is, a NASCAR driver. Hey, you know, Jesse. what's it like inside of a car? Like, we'd like to find out about different aspects of life and TV guests, but you really do help us with that. And and Kelly, mm. you are an absolute star. To go through what you went through, and <laughs> in, in all purposes, are still probably going through, but to be positive and to be able to help people. <laughs> Um, I, I think you you are a land angel, and the fact that you're going out there to help people. Earth is, angel, that's so sweet. Earth angel, will <laughs> I do you believe be it. mine? Because really it's an would, odd amount of things. You know, when I um, am able to say it, I say it so quick. So matter of fact, like I'm reading off of a narrative of a report that I wrote. Yeah, well, this happened to me, X, Y, Z, and, mm-hmm, and that was all in the last seven and a half years condensed. And people just kind of, they... They pause and they stare at me and there's nothing like they're in shock. They are in shock. And I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> they're just, they can't, they're processing. Like I'm looking at this chick and she doesn't even flinch when she said all of that stuff. That's because I already dealt with it, but that's why I had this shaman. That's why I did the spiritual work. That's why I have all my medium little friends that have guided me around. Yeah. I am a very, very different kind of person. You're, you're awesome. You're awesome. I'm so glad that we've, we've met. And I'd, I'd love to get Yay. Pete on again. I'd love to get you on again at the same time. I think that'd be a great Oh, I show. love it. But the, really love, Alex, we can't him. do that. The positive energy will blow out our cameras. I don't think that we can accomplish <laughs> such a goal, like all that positivity. You know that Eagles of Death Metal um, uh, uh, <laughs> movie video where he's like, with his guitar, just blowing people away. I love it. I love it. Um, um, so Kelly, if people, w- oh no no, Alex, 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 question the question from last week. Do you have it? Bring it up. I do, do and it? it's a very personal one, and I'm very sorry, but this. It's what okay. we do. What we do is, um, we get our guests to ask next week's guest a question. They don't know who's on the show, um. So what we'll do is we'll ask you last uh, the question from our last guest, which was uh, the amazing. I just showed him on screen, Jesse Iwuji, an amazing guy by the way, a serving officer in the Naval Reserve, who's also a NASCAR wow. um, driver for his own team that goes out and um, offers opportunities to ex-servicemen and young ones. So um, he's a great guy. Um, And his question is, (laughs) 
Do you remember the reason you broke up with your first boyfriend or girlfriend? And does it affect you today still? <laughs> what an interesting, fun question. Mm. Um, I think you're the person actually, that process because you're kind of like, actually, it was really terrible, but here's what happened. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'll share it. I know exactly who it was. His name was Jason, and uh, he had braces and blonde hair. I hope he never listens to this. He probably won't. Yeah. Um, Nerd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that the reason we broke up was there was some girl drama. Like he couldn't decide between me or another girl. But the funny story is it's not funny. I, I actually don't carry the way. Um, he didn't end up liking either of us because he. <laughs> so it is what well, it is. That's fine. Uh, he was figuring himself out. We were like 11, yeah. you know, that's what He's, you're doing at that time. He had, so, so he had some real Betty Veronica action going on. He's like, you know what? I'm more of a jughead guy. I think that's really what it boils <laughs> down to. That, he was figuring out what his favorite flavor was. I'm totally fine with that. Um, <laughs> and on the flip side, thank you for answering that, by the way. I appreciate yeah. it. It was a very personal question, but yeah. it's just the way the, the runes fell, you know? Um, but if do you that's have... Right. Do, do you have a question for next week's guest? You don't know who it is, but. Oh, I don't know who it is. And I'm going to ask them a question. Heck yeah. Mm. Do I even know who it is? <laughs> <laughs> What's my schedule look like for next week? Um, I guess. I don't know why I'm hearing this. What is the exact moment you knew that this is what you're going to do for a living? Excellent. Wow. I heard that. Excellent choice. No, it's a good one. That's a good because one. I knew when I was teaching stuffed animals, this is probably the <laughs> when I scolded that one stuffed animal for his grammar. I knew I was going to be an educator. I really reamed into him. Was like, listen, Teddy, <laughs> if that's how you spell it with a I E, silly. Um, you oh, did not use a comma. I don't like that. There's a lot of kids nowadays that have their names spelled in such weird ways. And it's like, I get it. You're I an got individual. called Key Lie growing up. Key Lie. Key Lie. Key Lie here. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm like, yes. I was such a Key little. Lie. Right here. My name is Kelly. I used to cry. That's it was hilarious. ridiculous because I was just so oh frustrated with that. that so oh, and I was obsessed with the red marker too. At that time, teachers really used red more and they really wanted to demonstrate yeah. this is wrong. Fix it. So I won't <laughs> use red now. Ooh, what color do you use instead of red? Ah, I get called Whitley. I get I get called Whitley all the time. Like it's white, L E Y, white Lee, white. Just 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 sum that out and realize how much of an idiot you look right now. Call me Whitley. Alex. Alex was going to change his last name a while ago, and it was going to be his wife's last name, which was Sanchez. And I was like, that is the greatest name ever alex sanchez I, I really and did mess up i feel like we should have messed up so bad so bad <laughs> um kelly i gotta say you are a delight your positive energy is Thank just you. something that everybody should really kind of strive for it's just one of those things that we don't have enough especially in these troubling times like this is you know the underlining fact is we have a lot going on in the world right now and a lot of people really should be looking towards people like yourself to kind of learn how to cope and deal and how to put forth better energy than they're taking in. Because if it's all negative all the time, we're never going to have like any, you know, growth anymore as a species. So I got to say, thank you for being you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just trying to help and do my job. Um, so this is your time to uh, to put yourself out there, more so than you already have. Um, where can people follow you? Where can they catch up on you? Where can they, is, is your book out yet? Or is it still being written? That's on hold. And so okay. I have kind of two things. I'm working with Peter 
that's on hold and I will be doing something on my own, um, which I've been, people are pushing me to start working on that. Mm. Uh, you can find me on Instagram mostly. So that's angel teacher, A N G E L and underscore T C H R. And I actually have a ring that says angel teacher. Also, I did that as a joke that I was an earth angel teaching children. Little did I know as things were unfolding, I ended up being an angel to help my mom exit out. I ended up being an angel to like survive traumas. I ended up being an angel to try and teach others. So yeah, there I am. You can find me there. I like it. Fantastic. Yeah, I joined the dating scene again. And so some people found me on Tinder and started contacting me on Instagram. What? Yeah. What? Oh my goodness. There, gracious. I threw myself out there. Good. It's good. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, you know, I've been my wife for 16 years and like, I never, you know, unfortunately, I never have to think about like that scene of it all. But it's, it's, it really tells me something that, you know, you're after, you know, being with your husband and having like this horrible thing happen that you're able to put yourself back out there. It's good. It's important to do that. I'll have to see if I can hook you over a, a, a good, a nice English bloke, you know, more sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta yeah, reinvent you yourself. Have to keep yeah. it going. Yeah. Yeah. Got it, yeah. got it, Madonna got it. did it. Now she talks with a weird accent. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> my rooster. Um, okay, so we have to pimp our yep. own stuff. Um, yes, hey guys, too. if you like this show, this is uh, you suck. Um, part of the you suck network. Dot com, and that is our home and hub for everything that is us. We have this show, You Suck, um, with me and Alex Whitesley. <laughs> we get together every single week and we talk to different people. We have interviews, we have a grand old time. Uh, last week, I was not part of that episode, I was at work and not in a good place. And Alex did, you know, the best work with Mr. George Lugo, friend of the show. And they uh, they interviewed an NASCAR driver, it's a lot of fun. So definitely keep your yeah, eyes Jesse Luigi. There he is again. Whoop. Yeah, there he is. Without Tom Bruno, he wasn't there. Um, but that's okay, though, because it was a fantastic episode. So keep your eyes uh, peeled for that. We also have Thor's Kin Podcast, which is the weekly live show. It is done with Moose Cooper, David Robbies, and Mr. Alex Wheatley. He's going to Every single you. week, they uh, they get together. They have a lot of fun. They talk about you know lots of good banter. They also play Butt Chug Island, which is Room 101 for all those <laughs> British people out there. And on Butt Chug Island, what they do is they take the they debate about what should be dropped onto Butt Chug island and never to return there are such got one week left like, of that one, one week, week left. left why is yeah we're doing it we're gonna do it well we thought we'd get too samey if we did it all the time every week so it's ten, mm. the 10th week so we're gonna we're gonna kill butcher garden for um moose has got can we <laughs> share an, an expl- a, a, a video of moose explaining we yeah. allowed to share that just for a yeah, second yeah. okay here we go this is moose explaining why what but year after season eight did world war ii <laughs> oh wrong video It's getting full. It's getting full. It is. That, that's, ooh, that's that's like brimming. That is. <laughs> I thought you said rimming then. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's rimming. <laughs> I haven't updated last week's figure, uh, the uh, graphic for, but um, you know, we, we threw four more things into the island um, last week. 
Uh, it is getting more and more full. I forget how far we are on that show. I'm so sorry, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Usually, her Kelly's back on the dating really, scene. No, I just <laughs> went to Salem, Massachusetts, and if you asked my friend that I was hanging out with, I needed a leash. She should have put it on. She told me she was going to put it on. She didn't. So there's many facets to this girl. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, there's that. Which uh, this will be last week about Chug Island. <laughs> And if you look at our website, and you're like, wow, those guys over at USUC, they are the most amazing website designers in the world. Um, oh. You can't give us the credit. Um, give the credit <laughs> to the people that actually built the website, weborchard.com. Weborchard.com, guys, they are a website building business. That's what they do. They don't sell you cookies and cream pies and things along those lines or rim jobs, apparently. They sell <laughs> you a website, and it's a functional website. Whether you have yourself an OnlyFans, an Etsy, whatever it is you're trying to do to present yourself on the interwebs, you need yourself a website. You need yourself a home and hub, and don't look any farther than uh, Weborchard. Don't don't go to like some place where they say, build your own website. Do you, do you have time to build a website? I I don't think so. Nobody does. So leave it in the hands oh of the good people at weborchard.com. Fantastic. Yeah. Jo- uh, thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. Um, thank, thank you, you for TV guest, but No, it's been amazing. Seriously, TV guest, but keep sending guests to us. We did have a bit of a break for a bit, a while, so we didn't get as many guest birds <laughs> on the show, but we're back now, so <laughs> we, we can we can we, we continue this thing. Um, Kelly, well, we'll, we'll get you. you back on again sometime when when, when well, all the work you've been doing is out there. We'll get you on with Peter. I'd love that genuinely. All right, um, thank you. Right, this has been uh, this has been Yusuk. I've been Alex Whiteley, and I am Tom Bruno. And we will catch you guys next week. Thank you very much for joining us. Stick around, Kelly. We'll have a chat after this. Peace out, guys. All right, listen up, Spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, eh? master of time, space, and everything else in between. And, uh, oh, yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. You're listening to You Suck with Al and Tom. Your one stop for this sort of thing. Yeah.